Blog Talk Radio. Another edition of MTAS Radio, where our purpose is to encourage members of the African-American community to think about our role and responsibilities to ourselves, families, and communities. We believe that choices that are made are a direct result of information that we take in or lack thereof. That's why we want to continue to empower you with information and conversations like the one you'll hear today that will make you think and ultimately lead to action where actions are desperately needed. We want to invite you to like us on Facebook. That's Mightier Than a Sword. Like us on Facebook. That's Mightier Than a Sword. Folks, we appreciate coming to you each and every week, 5.30 Central Standard Time, to have these thought-provoking conversations surrounding religion, economics, politics, you name it. We're talking about it right here on MTAS Radio. Folks, remember to also join us online. That's www.m-tas.org. Again, that's how you can find us online. That's www.m-tas.org. Certainly go to the resource tab to get much-needed information about life insurance. Folks, again, i like to remind you that 30 million Americans are living without the protection and safety and security that life insurance provides. So definitely go to our resource tab and get much-needed information about life insurance, protecting your family, and making sure your family is adequately insured. Also, remember, you can call me directly here at my office. That's 773-881-9555 for all of your insurance needs, questions, and concerns. And remember, this hour is being brought to you by yours truly, John Green, American Family Insurance. So just wanted to get a few housekeeping things out of the way, folks, and to tune in each and every week and have your thoughts, views, and concerns Voice certainly call seven one eight five zero eight nine five three three. Again, that's seven 
1-850-895-33. Just press 1, and we'll get you in, because we certainly want to hear from you. Folks, and again, we it's always a pleasure to come to you to have these thought-provoking conversations each and every week. Always look forward to speaking with you. Hopefully you guys had the opportunity to listen to last week's conversation. We had a very um, good discussion dealing with the question of Single Mothers Club. We dealt with that whole issue or the um, the movie, Tyler Perry recent movie, and we posed a question, Single Moms Club. Is that really a club that you want to be a part of? So if you did not get the opportunity last week to go to listen to last week's discussion and to hear last week's show, certainly you can log on to our website. Again, that's www.m-tas.org. Go to the radio tab, and you can um, listen to that show. And just to, um, yeah, it looks like last week the conversation certainly continued on the MTAS page. The conversation did continue on the MTAS page. And um, it looks like uh, one of the comments that came in as a result of the question that was raised last week as to whether or not Tyler Perry was supporting single moms or challenging it, that was really the core of last week's conversation. Just to read one of the comments that I got back from one of our listeners and supporters, here's what it says here on the MTAS page. She says here that... Um, Tyler Perry's movie um, is supporting current single mothers. And there's a difference between supporting current-slash-existing single mothers and promoting it. That um, that was the position that she took, that um, he's not promoting single motherhood in this particular film, but certainly he's um, supporting it. He's not promoting it, but he's supporting it. So uh, very interesting conversation, folks, very interesting discussion. The callers last week had a, a lot of good um, good thoughts, good ideas about the, that particular subject matter. So certainly I want to invite you to go back to last week's conversation by logging on to www.m-tas.org to listen to that discussion. Folks, again, to get your thoughts, views, and opinions heard today, that's 718-508-9533, 718-508-9533. We're going to have a very interesting show today, a very interesting show like each and every week. Folks, today we're talking about SMART goals. We're talking about SMART goals for the African-American community, right? We hear folks all the time talking about goals, um, the importance of goals, and um, that sort of thing, having an aim. And before we get off into today's conversation dealing with smart goals for the African-American community, I know most of you folks, you, you certainly hear the concept of goals, but some of you may not be familiar with that um, um, added adjective of having smart goals and just briefly you know i want you folks to think about what are goals what are goals um what are goals i mean how do people define goals and things of that nature um i had a definition here that i wanted to share with you guys yeah here here's one here um goals the result or achievement towards which effort is directed aim or in the terminal point in a race. Let's try that again. The result or achievement towards which effort 
is directed, aim or end. I guess another way of saying that, right, you might have your own um, idea of what goals are or your own way of um, explaining uh, what goals uh, what goals mean to you, if you will. But certainly uh, it's the end game. What is it that you want to accomplish? What what uh, What's your aim? What What is it that you want to accomplish? And those of you who've been following our book discussion last year, we talked about uh, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And one of the things that he says in habit number two is the the importance of beginning with an end in mind. So when you think about goals, uh, what they are to you, what they represent to you, the the idea is the end game. What is it that you want to accomplish? So, folks, as we have today's conversation about SMART goals for the African-American community, I want you folks to think about that. What what should the aim be for the African-American community if you could think about it in those terms? I know it might it might be something different for each and every last one of you. I do understand that we are individuals, and when we come together, certainly that makes a community, but all of our aim, all of our purposes may be different. But there are some levels of compatibility where you can say that there are some things that we can say collectively it's important that we achieve as a community, if you will. And that might lead or allude to the idea of levels of compatibility. Although individually we might be different, but there are some things by which we intersect we intersect, and um, there's a commonality there. So when Stephen Covey talks about seven habits of highly effective people, folks, think about that for a moment. What's the purpose of being effective if, in fact, we don't have an end game, if there's not a goal in mind, if there's not a purpose? You know, he talks about, and just to re- reiterate, because I think this was a uh, very powerful book, and certainly, folks, if you did not join us on that read, run out there, get get a copy of that book, or go onto our website and listen to the various discussions that we had surrounding this particular book. In fact, there's three hours of conversation when we actually review this particular um, piece of work. Again, p- powerful lessons and personal change. But if I could just briefly go if I could just briefly share with you guys um, what those habits were again habit number one being proactive habit number two again we're talking goals smart goals for the african-american community beginning with an end in mind habit number three put first thing first all those things are important to what all those things are important if in fact we want to accomplish uh, whatever our respective goals are, or if we want to accomplish certain goals or certain aim from a community standpoint, if you will. Again, be proactive. Begin with an end in mind. Put first things first. Um, habit number four, think win-win. Think win-win, right? It's not about someone losing and um, and uh, me winning or the African-American community losing and other communities losing is think win-win. Habit number five, seek first to understand, then be understood. I like that. Seek first to understand, 
then be understood. Habit number six, synergize. And last but not least, habit number seven, sharpen the saw, right? Sharpen the saw. Um, you are your number one asset. You are an asset, so it's important that we find balance even as we engage in these thought-provoking conversations. Sometimes you have to um, take a step back. Take a step back, sharpen the saw, renew your energy, renew your mind, and do those things that's necessary to keep you healthy emotionally, mentally, spiritually. So, um, again, what's the point of it all? What's the point of understanding those seven habits if, in fact, those habits will not be aimed towards a worthy goal or a worthy idea? So today, folks, we're talking smart goals for the African-American community. And I want to define, before I go to the phone lines, folks, 718-508-9533, 718-508-9533. Before I go to the phone lines, I want to define um, a little further what I mean when I say SMART goals. What do I mean by SMART goals? Those of you who are into personal development or maybe you've had some professional development and you've had to think about this idea of not just having a goal, not just having an end in mind or purpose, but those goals being what's deemed a SMART goal. SMART goal meaning Pacific, right? Smart goal meaning Pacific, something that's Pacific, right? Um, you're clear about where you're going. I guess that's what Covey means about having an N in mind. Um, the M stands for measurable, right, something that's measurable, something that you can measure. Um, the A stands for something that's achievable, something that's achievable. Folks, something to think about when you think about that. Oftentimes we talk about you can be all you can be, you can do what you want to do, and um, things of that sort. But we have to keep in mind that, um, you know, some of those things, it makes sense, but um, everything is within reason, within reason. And that's why A stands for achievable, because that deals um, primarily with your skill set. You know, I might have a goal of becoming an NBA star, but that might not be consistent with what my skills are, what I can do physically, um, and things of that nature. So I think you get the point. Achievable. What's achievable for us? Um, second thing is it's results focus. It's not activity for activity's sake, but it's result focus. Right? What is it we're trying to accomplish? What what results do we seek? Right? It's not activity for activity's sake or just busy body work or moving um, moving the ball, so to speak. Right? Uh, result focus and and it's time bound. Lastly, folks, the T is time bound. So let's just try that one more time. S stands for Pacific. It's a Pacific goal, Pacific purpose, a Pacific idea, right? M stands for measurable, A, achievable, and R stands for results, focus, and last but not least, time bound. When do we expect to accomplish this, right? When do we expect to accomplish that? this? Uh, one of our most valuable assets is time. It is our most precious commodity. So, folks, now that, you, um, now that you have a better understanding what is meant by SMART goals, right, not just having goals, think about that for a moment, right? We're talking 
SMART goals for the African-American community. And here's a question I want to put out there so that we can, so I can frame this conversation and put this in context now that we're thinking about goals and having SMART goals and how does that relate to the African-American community. Here's, a, here's one for you folks to think about. Ending racism, right? Let's try to get a handle of, on, on this concept, this idea. Ending racism, sexism, and discriminatory practices. Have we accomplished these aims, or must they remain smart goals for the African-American community? Think about that, and think about what we said by way of um, goals and smart goals, and that's something to ponder. Ending racism, sexism, and discriminatory practices. Have we accomplished these aims, or must they remain smart goals for the African-American community? Some of you folks out there, might uh, you might be thinking this is not something that should remain on our um, our list of goals. Or maybe, John, in context to SMART goals and understanding what SMART goals are and where our efforts should be placed, it certainly shouldn't, we certainly shouldn't place our efforts by way of dealing in areas of racism, sexism, and discrimination. Maybe that's a thing of the past. I don't know. I don't know what you folks are thinking. Want to get your thoughts, views, and opinions. So certainly, 718-508-9533. Folks, I'm coming to the phone lines. I see um, a lot of you folks are out there um, joining us right now, so I certainly want to come to you folks. And, I want again, I want you to think about, folks, we're talking smart goals for the Afri- African-American community. Caller, are you there? I see someone calling us from a 312 area code, very familiar number. Stephanie, is this you joining us on the line here? This is Stephanie. Well, I appreciate you calling. I appreciate you joining us each and every week, and um, certainly I appreciate you for weighing in last week. It was a very, uh, very lively conversation, um, and uh, we want to keep the conversation going as we always keep the conversation going here on MTAS Radio. I know you heard the I know you heard the introduction, and we're talking goals and smart goals for the African American community. What are your thoughts about that when we talk about um, various goals and very various objectives uh, for the African-American community, do you think that we should be thinking about various challenges and concerns that we're faced with on a um, day-to-day basis from that context, from this context, by way of SMART goals? Um, I mean, just so I'm necessarily clear about the question as far as what necessarily what they are and how how do African-Americans need to utilize them effectively, um, I'm just going to say, you can tell me if I'm incorrect as far as my communication. Um, as far as us making sure that we are, if we're actually developing some type of plan on helping us build ourselves into a better community, um, utilizing our um, our goals and our, utilizing our resources as far as a community is concerned, our numbers, utilizing, understanding what affects us most as far as developing some some plan in order to help us in those areas that we find that we are lacking in, correct? Is that what you're referring to? 
Well, certainly. I mean, when you when you okay. talk about goals, right? When you talk about goals, you talk yeah. about having an end game or a purpose, and then you view it from the context of um, smart goals. Smart goals meaning that this is something that we should be focused on, and smart goals meaning that this is something that that's specific, right? What should be our specific yeah. focus? You know, and how do we measure okay. that? How do we achieve that? Right, that sort of thing. So hopefully that clears it up a little okay. bit for you. Okay, that that helps me tremendously. Um, well, if we, if I would start off the conversation necessarily saying what I believe our main focus should be, I think the problem with us is that we wait until problems happen to believe that we need to solve them. And my biggest concern is when we talk about our um, black community, I think we need to focus on what that is, the community itself. And the community are collections of people and families. And I think personally that because people don't have a belief that family is important, that when what they're putting into their children as far as their family is concerned is not important, that it does not affect the society as a whole when children are not necessarily raised properly, that, that I believe our goal should be mainly on teaching our children that the importance of what family is and how it can compact the rest of society and how family and then with other things kind of fall in place, we still have a strong parental and family unit that can possibly help situations as they come. Right now, we have we have young men and young women who got both mother and father who, I mean, I'm a perfect example. Um, you have a mother, single mother. She's a good woman. She loves her children. One child, two children. She got a, she had, she, okay, she made the mistake and dealt with the man who, that, who wasn't necessarily um, the best of, of an individual, this person who lives his life the way he wants to live. The one thing a child can possibly say, she, he understands that the father may not necessarily want him, but he knows for a fact that he has a mother that loves him. It's horrible when you have both parents that don't want you. So what do a, what if the child doesn't have a foundation? Where else do you think that child is going to go, and what they're going to do? So you're going to have a you're going to have an unbalanced or a completely out of whack system. It's almost like the ecosystem goes out of whack. So my biggest concern is is that teaching allowing children to see what a family is and what family and communities come together to do. And teaching them the importance of it, and I think that will actually help a lot of the other problems that we have. But some people may disagree, so that is my opinion. No, I, well, it's not an issue of um, disagreeing. It's just an issue of how you perceive um, the African American community and what you perceive the challenges to be, and what you would place on your list of um, goals, and specifically what you would deem as being smart goals. So I appreciate what you had to say. Seven one eight five zero eight nine five three three seven one eight five zero eight nine five three three. Folks were talking. Smart goals for the African American community. What are some of the goals? What are some of the aims that you think we should purpose in our mind? That we should spend our efforts and our time trying to accomplish uh, relative to the African American African American community. Maybe it's issues of education. Maybe it's issues of incarceration, family. I heard Stephanie talking about the importance of family and the importance mm-hmm. of making sure families are intact and things of that nature. Maybe it's employment for you. I don't know. I'm going back to the phone lines just to hear from you. Caller, I'm coming to you. 617 area code. Are you there? Hey, John. How's it going? Um, I'm doing well. How about yourself? <laughs> I'm doing great. 
good, good, good. Uh, I appreciate you calling and um, and heard from you in a while, but I'm certainly glad to hear from you today as we talk about smart goals uh, for the African American community. What are your thoughts about that? Should we be thinking about some of the challenges that we face as a community uh, from that context? Um, definitely. Um, one of the things. I, and this is just my opinion, is that, you know, we really need to start focusing on the root of, uh, to these problems and not just treat them on the surface. You know, yeah, you can, you know, try to eliminate, you know, or reduce uh, gang activity and reduce the amount of guns that are on the street, but they're going to keep popping up, you know. So if you don't treat the root of the problem, like Stephanie was saying, you know, in terms of family and education, you know, then all you're doing is put, as my husband say, a uh, Band-Aid over a bullet wound. You know, and I think that's been a problem over the, you know, uh, a number of years is that a lot of, you know, people have had good intentions, but all they've been doing is treating the surface to these problems and not really addressing the real issues, which a lot of these problems originate from home. You know, um, you have, unfortunately, a lot of the children that are out and about nowadays, you know, sorry to say, they are products of, you know, uh, being crack babies, um, you know, growing up in uh, single-parent homes where there are multiple siblings uh, that are produced by multiple fathers, you know, and it, it, it just continues to grow. So if you never actually, you know, instill education and certain things uh, into these people, you know, and, and give them resources so that they can, you know, grow and develop, then all we're ever going to do is keep having the same problem and continue year after year, you know, with the same results. Mm. No, I follow you in terms of uh, treating the um, the symptoms and not necessarily the the root of the problem. No, I'm with you. You're putting um, a band-aid. I, yeah, you know, I mean, um, right. I mean, think about it. You know, when people go to the doctor, you know, uh, a lot of times, um, you know, especially in um, black communities, you have hypertension, obesity, uh, you know, diabetes, all these, you know, ailments. And what do they do? A lot of doctors just pretty much hear some medication, you know, and you have people that's been on their medications for, what, 10, 20 years? How can you suffer from the same ailments for 10 or 20 years? The whole purpose of medication is to be, what, a temporary fix to help regulate, to help get you on track. And while you're getting on track, what are you doing? You're actually taking the time to lose weight, to start eating right, to implement new habits that are used to reinforce good health so that way you can get off your medication. But what happens is when you give people medication and there's no regulation or no checks and balance, what happens? People have eating habits, they may change slightly, you know, but the doctor really doesn't regulate the medications or even say, you know, hey, um, you know, let's take it down a few milligrams. You've been doing well. You know, so the same thing in these communities, you know, these habits have become permanent fixtures in these communities, and all people, a lot of people, while they have good intentions, you know, it's going to take more and more people to help treat the root of the problems, which a lot of these problems start at home. Right, no doubt about it, no doubt about it. I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. I'm glad to hear Stephanie talk about the importance of family and uh, uh, the importance of um, a healthy home environment. Um, those, those, those things are very important. So even when you think about, I believe it was roughly about two shows ago, we talked about um, 
90% of black males here in this country not reading at grade level by the eighth grade. And when you think of, when you think about that, right, um, not a good thing. Um, do you think addressing the reading ability of black males here in this country is worthy of our our efforts, first thing, and uh, possibly uh, a smart goal? Or is that oh, again definitely. treating the or again is that treating the symptom and not necessarily the problem? What's your thoughts on that? Well, actually, you got to treat both the pro- the symptom and the problem. You know, they go hand in hand. And so, just like you know, somebody with high blood pressure, the goal is to regulate and then eventually be able to get them off medication. The same thing. If you're able to, you know, get the child to a point, um, just like in Hispanic households, a lot of times you may have the the parents, you know, who are from, you know, abroad and the child speaks, you know, perfect English and the parents don't, you know. So the goal is to be able to get this, the parents to understand the, the native tongue or whatever uh, community or, you know, city that they're in. The same thing goes with education. You know, if you have a child who, especially young men who are not, you know, who are barely reading at fifth or sixth grade level, if you're able to help mold them and, and, and equip them to learn to read and write well and motivate them, the goal is for them to be able to go back home and motivate the parents. Sometimes, and, and the sad part, and it's, and it's really sad to say, sometimes the parent will get upset <laughs> because the child is actually trying to do things to actually improve their situation, and they think that the child is actually, you know, better than them. You know, and, and, that, and that goes with the mentality, you know, that's been, you know, uh, president for quite some time. Who doesn't want to step above the norm? Who doesn't want to be able to take care of their families and, and live in good neighborhoods where, you know, they're crime-free? You know, I mean, these are the things, you know, that we talk about on this show. I mean, I hear Bruce say all the time, you know, um, you know who, we should be able to achieve, you know, what is considered the American dream. You know, however, in order for us to get to that point, we got to deal with the nightmares that, you know, has uh, uh, plighted our communities for so long. And it's going to take, you know, not just people within the communities, but equipping people in the homes as well, you know, empowering them and and, and repetitive, um, you know, just, you know, uh, motivating them to want to do better, motivating them to want to excel especially our young black men. I mean, they're already at a disadvantage. I mean, you know, unfortunately when you have people like, you know, and I'm not knocking the celebrities, you know, but the rap world makes it look so easy. You know, drug dealing make it look so easy. Game banking make it look so easy. You know, but going to school, getting a good education, you know, making uh, something of yourself, pretty much what's being taught is that that's the unachievable dream. So, unfortunately, within these households, we got to flip the script, and that's going to take a lot of work. But in order for us to be able to get to that point, you know, where not just teaching young men how to just read, but also teaching them how to be responsible, teaching young women how to be responsible, because we got too many irresponsible people out here that are just making irresponsible mistakes. And these irresponsible mistakes are causing um, children to be born so many kids being born out of wedlock, so many of our young women and men ending up in prison, and the result of these young people going to prison leave these kids with grandma and grandpa left the race. We've we got to find a way to be able to, you know, uh, 
um, make changes in those areas, and a lot of them are going to start by treating both the symptom and the problem. No doubt about it, no doubt about it. Um, I'm glad to hear you say some of the things that you just um, spouted upon. Um, and, you know, a lot of times we have these conversations, and it's almost like I pose these questions, right? You know, it's a lot of different discussion and um, a, lot of, a lot of input. And at the core of it is like problem, problem, more problems, and more problems, right? And I, I think today's conversation is um, very important because we're talking about what's the gain. What's the uh, what's the end game? What's the goal? What's the purpose of it all? What's the purpose of this show? What's the purpose of us coming together, having these discussions on a uh, on a week to week basis? And and while we talk about different challenges and different problems, right? Um, how do we set goals? And how do we make sure those goals are smart goals? I hear you and Stephanie saying, okay, reading is an issue. Let's go back to the family. Uh, out of wedlock birth, let's go back to the family. So family is seen to be uh, part of that ideal of having a SMART goal. That should be on that SMART goal list for the African-American community in terms of addressing some of our concerns. And, again, when we're talking about SMART goals, we're talking about something that's specific because, again, we have these conversations and we talk about uh, the conversation ranges from religion to politics, you name it, economics, we're talking about we're talking about it here. So when we talk about specific things that we could be doing, things that we can measure, things that – that's achievable. See, that's another piece that I think we miss. What can we really achieve? What What is it about our efforts that's result-driven and what type of time frame we can put on it by way of when do we expect to have this accomplished? 718 508 9533. Folks, we're having a very conversation, in my opinion, today dealing with SMART goals for the African-American community, dealing with SMART goals for the African-American community. Steph, I want to bring you back here um, in here on the discussion. Um, when you consider, Stephanie, when you consider the civil rights generation, their aim, their purpose, and what they achieve, what kind of society did they pass on to their children, and what is it that they really accomplish? <laughs> it's funny. I had this conversation with a 75-year-old um, man who happens to be pretty big here in the um, here in the country and also in Chicago as a uh, a leader as far as he's a community organizer. And I happened to ask him. I said, "Hey, what is you? What is your real opinion about civil rights?" and the civil rights movement itself. Do you feel that it may did more harm or do you feel it did more good? And he literally said, as a man who walked with these people that we read about, he said, and I quote, I believe it did more harm than it did good. And I said, why? And he said, because before before the Civil Rights Act was enacted, before the whole movement, not saying that people should not want better, black people realized that they couldn't, they were not, on, they were not, going to get the things or they were not going to have uh, have white people necessarily do things for them or do everything for them or give them what they really need. So they developed their own. In other words, they had societies. Education was a lot better. 
marriages were very strong. Family was important. People looked out for each other. Now, after civil rights, and these are his words, you have more pe- more kids growing up in a society where they don't have any idea how it used to be, and it comes almost like an act of entitlement, like I'm entitled to this, and realize 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, not even 50 years later or before that, they were not, it wasn't, that wasn't even the conversation. Yeah, we was entitled by law but we wouldn't even consider necessarily people considered as part of human society at one point. So we had societies that we did, we realized we got to be the ones to give our kids the education they need. We can't expect for the quote-unquote dominant culture or dominant society to do those things for us. We have to be the one to go home and read with our children to make sure our sons and daughters can read at the level. We're the ones that have to develop our own stores and do the thing. When, um, he also made mention to banks during probably in Chicago of all places in the 60s did not give loans to black people. And he said the way black people develop their way of loaning, because that's what I, I know it's turned into what they call loan sharks, but other people, there were people that actually developed loan systems to help people buy homes, help people to get cars that they need or things that they needed, and that was something they had to do. Now, of course, that, that same situation is now turned into something illegal, but at one point that was a way that people were able to get those items that they needed because banks were not. They would take your money and keep your money and make money off your money, but they would not give you a loan on that money. So black people no longer do that anymore. Black people no longer stop and say, okay, we need to develop our own savings and loans, or we need to do this. No, we're going to still go to Chase Bank and beg Chase Bank to give us some money, knowing that they really don't want to give us, and they have a red line, and they're looking at it everything, and they're using different things to do such things. So to make a long story short, when I heard that coming from this man who was a person who walked with King and was a person who was part of the community organizations here in Chicago that was very powerful in going against the establishment and different things, and for him to say, sometimes you kind of have to think that the civil rights movement actually did us more harm than good. It was kind of interesting because we read in our school books that this was the greatest thing that came to sliced bread and not realizing that everything, even though it comes with this beauty, it also has its ugliness. And we have to realize that we can't allow something that can be so beautiful and allow us such opportunity to actually put us in situations where we become complacent. And I believe in some cases that's what I believe personally, and I see that we have become complacent. We expect everybody else to take care of the problem without us necessarily taking care of our problem. No, I, I certainly, I certainly hear you, and I understand. So, Londa, I want to get you back in here. Um, it's been said that there's nothing new under the sun. I'm listening to what Stephanie's saying by way of um, some things she's heard from older gentlemen and uh, past generations in the community, and it's been said that there's nothing new under the sun. So, is this current generation of African Americans engaged in the same battle and fighting the same fight as their parents? Or must we have different smart goals? You know, certainly uh, we can't, certainly you look at the civil rights generation and what they accomplished. Certainly they accomplished something. Look at, look who's sitting in the seat of power today. Look at uh, the political involvements of African Americans and also the economic uh, uh, status of many African Americans here in this country. And we certainly could see the progress that has been made on that front. But when you look at that and when you consider all of those gains, we also understand that, again, there's nothing new under the sun. So this current generation generation of African-American engaged in the same battle and fighting the same fight as their parents, or are there new frontiers to be conquered, or should we have different SMART goals, if you will? 
Um, I honestly, like, you know, it is true. There is nothing new under the sun. The only thing that is new is that we're in a new, you know, a new age. And, you know, with the, uh, the transitioning into a new age becomes a, a different set of responsibilities. You know, I mean, the technology and different things that we have nowadays, you know, wasn't, you know, it, it was a little different during that time. You know, so we've had people, you know, to fight for us and to march for us, you know, to make certain things happen. However, as, you know, Stephanie said, we've become a little, you know, pretty much complacent. You know, some people believe that they are entitled, but the question is, what are you entitled to? You know, what contributions are you making to society? You know, what changes are you making? You know, are you, you know, just one that takes a window seat? You know, you're just watching and hoping for things to change instead of you becoming the game changer. And that's the difference between the people of today and yesteryear. You know, those people wanted to make changes. You know, and, yes, they were entitled. You know, we were entitled to have the same rights and liberties as those of other races because they're just a human race, but unfortunately due to ignorance, you know, we have racism and certain prejudices. You know, so yes, so, so, help me out here. If you said if you can, so help me out here. So are we still fighting the fight to end racism, sexism, and discrimination? Is that still the fight of this generation? Oh yes. Oh definitely. I mean, there's no. I mean, think about it. Even women in the workforce. You know, women are still fighting to earn the same salaries as men in certain key positions. You know, you have sexism. You know, you have gender uh, discrimination. You know, you have, uh, you know, uh, sexual orientation discrimination. I mean, you know, it's like the more we, we move forward, the more problems that come about. I mean, you know, as the songwriter said, the more money you have, the more problems. You know, where the more things change, unfortunately, the more opinions and problems that come with that, you know, so therefore, so would you say is that still just as much of a focus for our generation as it was time past? Because as we as we talk about smart goals for the African American community, where we are today versus where we've been, is that still primarily the focus that people of our day, you and I, Stephanie, and others that's within our age range, should be focused on? Is that really a primary um, concern? I actually believe that we've lost the focus. We've lost the drive. You know, because we've become, you know, so complacent and, you know, lazy. You know, we, we don't feel as though that we need to fight for anything because we feel as though that, you know, we're in somewhat of a paradise now. You know, so, yes, I mean, we need to be more strategic um, in, in, in how we specify the type of goals or what we're trying to achieve. You know, and that's the problem. We have everybody moving in so many different directions, and, you know, it's like we we have – we all are trying to accomplish the same thing, but we're all moving in different directions, you know. And, and so once we can come together strategically and work towards a common goal, because that's the thing about SMART goals, you know, you are trying to uh, become more strategic and, and, and make sure that things are measurable. So the question is, with all, if you look at uh, history, maybe the past 10 or 15 years, what has been specific? What has been measurable? What has been achieved? You know, are we still fighting the same, you know, going through the same motions as we did 10, 15 years ago? I mean, think about it. You know, look at the housing crisis. You know, look at the uh, uh, jobs. You know, look at the economy. You know, it's almost like we, uh, we take two or three steps ahead and then we fall two or three steps back. 
You know, so, yes, we are still fighting some of the same things, you know, from years. We have made great moves. We have had great achievements, but they can be greater. They can be better. No, I, I, I certainly get you. I certainly follow you. Folks, we're talking about smart goals for the African-American community. We frame today's conversation by asking the question, ending racism, sexism, and discriminatory practices. Have we accomplished these aims? Something to think about, folks. Have we accomplished these aims? I hear Solanda saying no, or must we, or must they remain smart goals for the African American community? I wanted you folks to really think about that very intently. You know, whether or not our generation is that a primary concern for us, or was that, um, or are we several generations removed from that being primary to our existence? Folks, something to think about as we talk about smart goals today, not just having goals, not just having a purpose in life, but having smart goals, something that's specific, measurable, achievable, result-focused, and time-bound. Smart goal, folks, 718-508-9533, 718-508-9533. Stephanie, I want to bring you back here um, back in here on a discussion, safer communities, engage students, improve marriage rates among African Americans. Is that achievable? Um, well, I think it's interesting. It's when we talk about marriage and relationship, one thing we gotta realize and remember you cannot you can only put you can only tell and educate people and put all this positive stuff in front of people as much as you want, but if the person that is you're talking to does not buy into it it's not gonna it's not gonna work. You're dealing about individual choices and different things and and this individual choice and individual different things is almost like if a person has a has had some negative um, influences or different different things they've seen. Of course, they're going to have a different view about how what I call um, ma- what marriage is going to be like for them. Because they're looking at how mom and dad could not possibly get on. So it goes back to the very first thing I said earlier: is if the relationship is not formed when that child sees that relationship, if they don't see mommy and daddy argue, but then they see some type of conclusion of their rectifying or they're bringing that to a conclusion, being that mommy, they saw mommy and daddy also do some conflict resolution, what's going to happen is a child is only going to see married couples only fight, and then married couples separate and leave, and married couples only do A, B, and C, so why would I want to be a part of that? So it goes back to initial as far as kind of nipping all that in the bud in the beginning, and I guarantee that a child, regardless of what a situation happens, they would never equate every situation to something that was negative in their childhood. They were always positive. Like my mom and my dad did not stay together. Even as a child, my mom did one thing that I really appreciate her doing, even though the relationship between those two did not work. My mother had never said a bad thing about my dad. When it was the times when I did see him, she had no problem. My dad never paid child support, but when my dad came to get me, my mother gave up no fuss. She never argued. She never did it, and she never talked about the discussions they probably had, even though if it might have been, been a loud, drawn-out argument, I never witnessed any of it. So that gave me an idea and a view that relationships are not always have to be volatile. 
relationships don't always have to be upset. So, of course, my desire to see that would almost be, okay, I would love to be in a relationship that is loving because I understand not all relationships are the same. But that's something that kids do not see today. You've got mothers and fathers that really exhibit themselves as being, I hate you, and they tell their children they hate them, and they tell them why they hate them. You've got parents who, to, um, who sit back and tell all the horrible things that their father or their mother's doing and what kind of person is. And, hell, don't let the child look anything like the parent that they can't stand. So guess what? It's going to come out. So we gotta we gotta learn how to keep our emotions under control when it when it comes to our children because this is what's gonna happen and this is what's gonna develop those those ideals that marriage is not important and that's the only way you're gonna be able to change the structure of and encouraging marriage in the society. No, I follow you, and even in understanding uh, some of those complexities that you just des- described relative to uh, relationships or family relations, um, you still believe that improved marriage rates within the African-American community is achievable? Yes. When you start, it's almost like you can't, if you notice by 12th grade or 8th grade, I'm not 8th grade, 11th grade, a young man or a young woman is not reading or not functioning at an optimum level, I'm sorry, but by 11th grade, that child is already not lost, but it's not, you can't get that child to the point. They're always going to be behind the eight ball. The object and the ideal is to start early, meaning you need to get to that child before it even happens, meaning by the time that child gets to school that you can possibly get hands on, you can work with that child all the way up, and then you can see some progress. The same thing where you can't sit back and tell a 13-year-old who has seen violence throughout her entire life and her family and um, arguments and things that was destructive and toxic to believe that she believed that and then start telling her that marriage can be possible. She's going to look at you and like, uh, no. I don't ever want to get married. I've heard children say that. Why don't you ever want to get married? Well, it didn't work out for my parents. It didn't work out for my mom and dad was married, and they was, I just saw nothing but this and that. Why should I get married? I'm okay with being a single parent. I'm okay with raising my child on my own because they heard their mother say that or they heard their father say their mother wasn't anything. So it doesn't, sometimes it's a bit too late when you get to a child that only sees negativity. You have to catch them early. And you have to teach the parents, and parents must know this before they have children, that their feelings need not to be put on that child. That's the way you're going to encourage it. You may not help this generation, but you may help the next generation. Uh, absolutely. I hear exactly where you're coming from. I, I, I think that's a very important uh, important question because as we understand goals and having SMART goals and understanding SMART goals to mean something that's achievable, I think it's, it's, it's important for us to understand what's within reach, what's within our aim, and what's within our um, control. So it's important to understand that having safer communities, engaged students, right, improving, our, um, improving the marriage rates among us is, is achievable, and if it's achievable, then therefore it must be within our, um, within our control. Seven one eight five zero eight nine five three three seven one eight five zero eight nine five three three. Folks, we have roughly about ten minutes left in the conversation. We're discussing smart goals for the African American community. Something that's specific, measurable, achievable, result focused, and time bound. Salon, I want to bring you back in here on the discussion. We talked about safer communities, engage students, improve marriage rates among African Americans mm-hmm. as being something that's achievable. I want to put this out to you. Here's something a little bit different. Ending 
racism. Got to think about this, Solanda. Ending racism, sexism, and discriminatory practices. Is this achievable? Um, the reality is, as long as people have opinions, um, there may be uh, improvement, but I don't think that you will ever eliminate the problem entirely because, uh, I mean, actually that's what makes everybody unique and brings things to a form is that everybody ha is entitled to their own opinion. And as long as you have people that have opinions, you're always going to have people that don't agree with certain races and, uh, you know, uh, genders, uh, inequality. I mean, you're always going to have those issues. Mm. Right. Yeah. So you certainly now. So certainly, that's not something that should go on the um, the smart goal list relative to African Americans and uh, what we deem as being achievable. Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, well, pretty much. You're going to make some improvement, but you will never be able to eliminate the entire problem. You know, it's just like, for example, um, you know, prayer used to be in the schools. You know, while we all believe that, you know, there's uh, uh, prayer changes things, many of us believe that, you also have the opposite that doesn't believe in a higher power. And, 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 they, and they pretty much fault to eliminate prayer being taught in the schools. You know, so the reality is we're not going to always see eye to eye on things. And, and because everybody has their own opinions, you're always going to have those that disagree with one community or one culture or one race more so than the other or are going to think that their race or their opinions are superior than the other, another group. You know, so you will, we will be able to make great strides and, and break certain barriers. However, the reality is, yes, you're going to make some achievements, but you're not going to be able to eradicate the problem entirely. No, uh, um. I hear you, and I appreciate you saying what you're saying um, and, and thinking about what you're saying when you talk about certain things being achievable and certain things not being achievable. And like you said, hey, we can improve on these concerns, but certainly you're not going to eliminate people's attitudes relative to race, relative to uh, various sexes and things of that nature. And if one understands that, then maybe we can move to the point of, what we focus our attention on, what we focus our efforts on, and what we spend our time thinking about, talking about, and um, trying to accomplish. So, And that's why I think today's conversation becomes extremely important as we talk about goals and having SMART goals. One of the things that really jumped out to me in terms of SMART goals is this, this whole idea of what's achievable. What's achievable, and how do you drive results? So if we spend all our time talking about, you know what, I can't get this done because I'm female, or I can't get this done because I'm African American, well, maybe you kind of check yourself out of the game before you allow yourself to enter the game, if you, know exactly, if you understand what I'm saying. So that's why conversations like this become extremely important as we, as we begin to um, figure out for ourselves, how do we embark upon some of the ideas that Stephen, Stephen Covey talked about in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? You know, how do we become a more proactive community? How do we become more proactive as individuals? And what is it that um, we should really try to accomplish? How do we begin with an end in mind? And how do we 
put first things first. I'm hearing what Stephanie's saying uh, by way of certainly we can control or we have a direct influence on um, having safer communities, having more better engaged students. That's under our direct control as it as it relates to how we parent our children, right? How do we interpret education to them? How do we cause them to perceive the value of education that's within our direct control and how we understand marriage and the importance of marriage. But then I hear you say things by way of racism and sexism and discriminatory practice that might be outside of our realm of um, influence, if you will. And Covey talks about that. What's within your circle of influence versus what's within your circle of concern? It sounds to me that racism, sex, sexism, discriminatory practice sort of fit outside of that realm or within that circle of concern, not something that we should sweep, sweep under the rug, not something that we shouldn't pay attention to, but it doesn't seem like it's something that we should focus on entirely because then we, get our, we take our um, eye off the prize and um, take our eye off the ball, if you will. Folks, we have roughly about five minutes left in today's conversation. We're talking about SMART goals for the African-American community and trying to figure out what's achievable, what's result-focused, and what's time-bound. Stephanie, I want to get you back in here. When you consider the election of the 44th president, that being Barack Obama, being an African-American and you think about some of the challenges that the African-American community still face today, how do you interpret this achievement? Are there still SMART goals for the African-American community to accomplish? Or have we made our way to the mountaintop, as Dr. King would say? Mm-hmm. I just I find that, and you know what, I, I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for this because I definitely not. I have my issues and my critiques and my things. I appreciate that. One thing I can say about President Obama is that the one thing he has accomplished is the fact that he has given our children an ability to see themselves in a different place. In other words, they feel as if they can reach the optimum because they can see somebody in that position, almost like Jackie Robinson did for the almost like Jackie Robinson did for the um, baseball industry and same thing for basketball and other and other people who have made accomplishments and actually being that first. The only thing about, now the only thing I can say now, just like Jesse, um, just like um, Jackie Robinson, Jackie Robinson wasn't necessarily the quote-unquote person that actually was the best what he did and Barack Obama being just a figurehead just as, what I say is just a figurehead, and what he needs to under what people need to understand is he can only do so much. He's a politician, and being that he's a politician, but he's going to always do what politicians do. He's going to get as much done as possible. He's going to see serve the best interests of those of his constituents, and hopefully he does. And that's it. So you can't expect things to necessarily change right away. He's president right now. It may take a decade. It may take longer. It may not happen in our decade, in our generation, but it may happen in somebody else's generation. So that's just what I have to say. I follow. I follow. So I'm going to let you have the final word as we discuss smart goals for the African-American community. What's your thoughts about that? When you consider the election of the 44th president of the United States being African-American and you think about some of the challenges that the African-American community still face today, how do you interpret this achievement? Are there still smart goals for the African-American community to accomplish? 
Oh, definitely. I mean, while you have uh, President Barack Obama in office, you know, people look at, you know, the first African-American president. Yes, that is a great accomplishment. You know, I mean, Dr. King would be proud if he was living a day to see that. But the reality is we've had problems in our community before we had a black president. And even when he's out of office, we're still going to have problems. You know, and the thing is, is that, you know, while he is in this position and, you know, at the end of the day, like Stephanie was saying, he's a politician. You know, he's a, it's, it's a business, you know, so certain promises, you know, have to be fulfilled because, you know, when you have supporters and donors, you know, one hand washes the other. And that's just the nature of the beast, you know, but the focus should be where we as a people start focusing within what we can, um, you know, accomplish in our own households, you know, starting as a parent, you know, being a responsible parent and, and, and getting out there and, and showing our kids that, you know, we have the power to make a difference, you know. But the reality is, you know, you have... Certainly, certainly, certainly. Well, I appreciate the both of you for joining the discussion today as we had a very important conversation dealing with smart goals, smart goals for the African-American community, those things that are specific, measurable, achievable, result-focused, and time-bound. Folks, join us each and every Sunday, 5.30 Central Standard Time as we continue to engage in thought-provoking conversation. Remember, you can call 718-508-9533. And remember, this hour has been brought to you by John Green, American Family Insurance. And for all of your insurance needs, questions, and concerns, call me, 773-881-9555. And remember, MTAS is the organization that encourages reading and collective efforts towards community enrichment. The community we live in is the community.